could be a thing that like neither of us like, but we had to define that because this is our business and these things need to get done. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the ex-agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the Duo in Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode 11 all about the importance of identifying roles in your business partnership. When Abby and I first started, we came from the agency world and this was already kind of defined for us. So we kind of came into this with a little bit of a benefit from this perspective, I would say, but we had to figure out how to make it our own versus what it was in the agency life. So when we were there, we had clearly defined roles which made things easier for us. So when we started our own thing, we had to figure out what those clearly defined roles were for each of us. And uh, I think we both can admit that it was a little weird or awkward at first to be like, hey, Court, you're doing this and Abby, you're doing that. And it could be a thing that like neither of us liked, but we had to define that because this is our business and these things need to get done. But who's going to own what and who's going to continually own that part of the business. So it kind of goes back to what is going to help build that successful partnership by identifying these roles. It's something that needs to be done immediately. So again, going back to that question, who's going to work on what? Uh, Who's going to be the final decision maker in specific areas of the business? Uh, Who's going to take the lead from a client or customer perspective? These are all things that you need to have clear roles for. And again, like I said, you might not like these roles, but again, they need to be defined and somebody has to be the owner of those roles. And if you are listening to this episode, you likely have a partnership or you're thinking about a partnership. So you might have already noticed or uncovered that there are areas that feel you feel this awkwardness or you feel this uncertainty over who's the owner. And this is where those clearly defined roles help eliminate the awkwardness. They create more better aligned communication. You guys just will find that you work better together when you have these roles defined because you're no longer questioning who the heck is working on this. (laughs) Right. And I think it also helps with efficiencies. Like Mm -hmm. if I own a specific part of the business, I will be the one that's mainly running that and keeping that afloat. But I'll always have Abby jump in and like double check to make sure we're both aligned and vice versa. If she's working on something, I'll double check it. But for the majority of that specific thing, we know who the owner is and we kind of just let them roll with it. And we have enough trust in each other and, and what we're trying to, you know, do with our business and what our goal is that we don't have to worry too much about Mm -hmm. that, but we might have an opinion here or there based on, you know, what that actual role is. And we came from a background where we work together already. We work together just not for our own company. So we have a very um, different experience than some other people might have had. But I would encourage you if you are in a partnership where you have not yet worked together, 
um, take a piece of paper, write down your strengths and weaknesses, each of you individually, and then come together to find where you guys can help cover each other. That is one of the best parts about why we work so well together is that we both excel in very different areas of our business. And even though project management, for example, which is what we're going to talk about next, is not something I love to do, I'm pretty good at it. So at the end of the day, that's like one of my roles. Um, There's just a lot of things that you have to think through when you think about your strengths and weaknesses in a partnership. It's very much like and a marriage, like we always taught, we call ourselves work wives for a reason because we are always figuring out who should own what and what roles uh, the other person kind of succeeds at. I would also say maybe do an Enneagram test mm-hmm. um, for both of you and share each other's results because Abby and I, we are kind of nerds with the Enneagrams. We think they're fun <laughs> anyways, but we did that when we first started our business because we were just curious where we were and what number we were. And, you know, what that number actually meant for that individual. And we learned significant things about each other. Mm -hmm. And so that helped us to also, like, navigate these roles and responsibilities and kind of, like, how to talk and communicate through them. Uh And the best thing I think about the Enneagram, too, is that you can actually, so, like, Court's a two and I'm a four, you can actually Google the best way for a two and four to work together. And there's so many articles out there giving you these ideas of like how to communicate better because how you likely receive communication will not be how your partner likes to receive communication. So it's always thinking through like how to deliver and have these conversations that can get difficult because when you're running a business together, you're going to have to have difficult conversations. It's just, it happens. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So when it comes to basically what we did, how we started identifying these roles, I will say we were very anti-project management system because we had came from a background where it was so much paperwork. (laughs) So much paperwork. It was actually kind of sad. It was. And it was so much of our daily job that we were just like, no, I don't want to have a project management system that we have to manage and that it's just like more, it's more paperwork and more junk in the system. So we try, we actually fought it for a while. We fought it. And then we finally realized we needed a place to organize our de- our ideas. We needed a place to lay out timelines and tasks and just really feel more organized in everything that we were doing internally and client focused. Like we use this tool for everything. So this is where Asana really came in, which is a completely free tool it still blows my mind that it's free because we've used it from day one. It's actually something I would never give up, even if they converted and started charging us. <laughs> Keep it forever. Absolutely. So <laughs> we, um, this is one of the areas where our relationship in the agency days, I was really had kind of like that project management role. And so it was kind of natural for me to pick up that role for our business too. And I will say, This can feel very awkward, especially if you're not used to it, because it feels like you are assigning jobs to your partner. It feels like you're telling them what to do. (laughs) I I laugh at this because I, like I said, we used to work together in the agency world and Abby had complete communication with the client and we never did as like the design side of things. So we always just heard from Abby what the client wanted and then we executed. So this for me feels a hundred percent natural but for Abby with it just being our business it doesn't feel quite as natural so I just giggle a little bit with that but 
if you didn't come from the agency world, I can 100% see where this feels weird. If it feels mm-hmm. weird for Abby and she's... I do think you genuinely... I, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel yeah. like you do like genuinely like it too. Like oh, you feel like if I didn't assign you tasks, you'd be like, what am I supposed to do? Right, right. It's <laughs> like if she didn't do that, I'd be so confused and so lost because I, I, she's like my little leader, essentially. She's like telling me what to do every day, but I need that. Um, and it actually really helps me. And again, that could be back to our Enneagrams and like a two versus a four and like how we work together and how we mm-hmm. communicate. So for me, I absolutely love it. So something to just like talk to your business partner about too. Like if you do have somebody who's assigning the the day-to-day tasks or whatever, just make sure that they feel okay with it. Because if Abby came to me and said, oh my gosh, is this bothering you? I'd be like, no, I need this. Like if I don't have mm-hmm. this, I have no idea what's going on. And it's one thing if you have one client or one product that you're managing or one thing that you have to focus on, but when you start to scale and when you start to get multiple clients and multiple products and multiple offerings, that's when things get a little chaotic. And if you don't have a structure in place, something might fall through the cracks. And that's where this kind of project management system works for us. So um, how you build out your Asana portfolio can be different and completely customized for your business. For us, we have a board for every client and every single board for that client lists out every task we do. Even like the really silly ones where it's like literally build the contract, send the contract, send the testimonial, um, do like make sure we receive the questionnaire. There is a task for every single thing we do for this project to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks. And then every project has an owner. So it's clearly identified up front. Does Courtney own it? Does Abby own it? We know who's working on that and we know what the due date is. Another really nice thing that we have set up in ours is we each have our own weekly priority board where we move these tasks um, to that are due each week so we don't feel overwhelmed because you can quickly start to feel overwhelmed in, in Asana. And like we said, it's a lovely tool, but once you start to add in all of these tasks that are due, let's say one's not due for like another four weeks or something like that. If you see it as something that's just on your to-do list, it could be overwhelming because you have multiple other things due before that. Mm -hmm. So if you really just break it down into the weekly tasks that are due, it is much more beautiful Mm -hmm. to look at. You're much less overwhelmed and you know what you need to like hit the ground and run with that particular week. Yeah. We on average have, I would say between like seven and 11 clients at one time, (laughs) varying offerings, varying parts of the timeline. But at the beginning of this, we probably would have told you that is crazy. That's absolutely crazy. We can't manage this many things at one time, but having it laid out in a board like this allows you again to look at things from a weekly timeline and understand where you can take on more and where you need to pause and shift things. So um, it's been really helpful for us just to prioritize again weekly, not cause overwhelm, and also just be able to assign each other tasks. You have very clear vision of who owns what. So I know what Courtney's doing this week. She knows what I'm doing this week. There's no confusion, no frustration, no weird communication of like, hey, when are you going to do this? <laughs> because that could be the most awkward part about running a business with a partner. Absolutely. Another thing that is beautiful about it is that it syncs with our Google calendars. So it's another easy way to view your timelines and be able to forecast a little bit better. And 
if I'm working on a project and I need to notify Abby on that in Asana, I just do the little at symbol and I tag Abby and then she'll automatically get a notification to her email that I have pinged her in Asana. So then she will get that email. She'll go to Asana. She'll check out what I did or what I might have uploaded. And then we can have that ongoing communication there as well. So it's really it's such mm-hmm. a slick tool. All yeah, around. it's been really great as we grow our team too. As we bring in a graphic designer to help us and if we bring in anyone else to help us, this is where we can start adding them to those boards and assigning them a test. It's just an already well-built system to continue to grow your business from there. And even if Asana is not the tool that you want to use. There are so many other project management tools out there. So definitely just search project management system, project management tool for small business owners to make sure that it's something that resonates with you and see what's out there. See what you like uh, and experiment because this can be something that can I mean, it changed how we ran our business. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. I my husband runs his own business, too. And I told him I was like, you need to look at Asana because it's going to change your life. And (laughs) he uses Asana every day, too. So Mm -hmm. um, it's just such a great tool as far as like efficiencies and communication goes. It is. Another thing that we did outside of Asana to really help us divide up our roles within our partnership is to divide up those those platforms and things that we prioritize and work in for our own business. So outside of just the content we're delivering, like the everyday things you have to do to run a business. So what do we do for ourselves? We have a blog. We now have a podcast. We have a Pinterest, TikTok, Instagram, like list everything you do, email, um, any type of like design template you have to create. Just list it all out. Make a huge list of everything you need to do, what needs to be managed, on a weekly, monthly, daily basis, and then identify who's going to own what. This can this came kind of natural for us, but when you're just getting started, it might not feel super natural, and you might realize that someone's really passionate about something where you're really passionate about something else. But we ultimately decided that we are going to have like a 49-51% ownership. And basically what this means is that if we ever disagree on a specific topic for that platform, the whoever has the 51% ownership gets to override or have the final say. And I have to say, like, we don't ever kind of have those issues. I feel like. I don't like. think so. The only one I can think of, which is like, it wasn't an issue, it was just really funny, is well, when we first sat down, I think we like listed, we started listing these things off, and Abby said Instagram, and I kind of looked at her and I grinned really big because we both, I think, have a really <laughs> big passion for Instagram. And she's like, You want that one, right? And I was just like, Kind of. <laughs> and so I got it. But it, there was something the other day, and I was going to do some sort of a, a template or an image or something. And Abby's like, Well, maybe we should do this because, you know, our audience like likes this or something and I looked at her and I was like oh don't worry Abby I will never I will never let our feed down I will make sure our feed lives up to par and she's like she backed off immediately Joe it was funny it was like very humorous she's like yeah yeah I'm sorry you know what you're doing right I'm like wait it's not gonna look like that right no never mind this is not my place you know what you're doing like oh. it's just where you know who owns what you know that they're going to like ultimately make sure that that platform performs the best and if it's like a situation where like Pinterest, for example, is on my ownership list. And we've come to the realization that this is probably not something that we can own forever because just from timeline, it's just not going to work. So this is where that owner might have to take responsibility in finding and outsourcing help. So this is like you just 
when you have that ownership, it just makes it so much more clear who's going to do what from a day-to-day basis. And it helps those awkward conversations. And I think, too, back to what Abby said just now about Pinterest, is you have to be open and honest about those things, too, because you, in order to grow your business, you have to outsource things because as you grow, you have more responsibilities and then other things start kind of like falling off. So you just have to have that honest and probably a little bit uncomfortable conversation like, hey, I'm drowning here. I need Mm -hmm. help. We need to outsource somebody. I can definitely do that research and find somebody, but I just need to let you know that right now, this thing that I owned, I can't quite own anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And save goals with if you can't hit a deadline. Like we have goals every week to post X amount of times on Instagram and we want to post at least one blog a week and we want to do all of these things once a week or once a month or whatever it may be. And there are situations where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to hit that this week. Like it's just way too crazy. And that's all you have to say. You just have to identify that you know you're not hitting this. And the other person is most likely just going to say, oh, great. Thanks for letting me know. Like, good to know. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) So in conclusion, communication is always our number one recommendation recommendation for any partnership um it's going to be awkward it's going to be messy sometimes more times than not it's going to be great and you're going to come up with efficiencies and it's going to be just fine but communicate everything always so there is never confusion or resentment over anything that you guys are working on together as a partner and we always laugh because sometimes we literally tell each other when we're going to the bathroom or when (laughs) we're going to do something just completely unrelated to work but it's like the over communication is kind of it's it's worked for us so and I think we've also mentioned this before in the past but we communicate in every sort of way you can think about Instagram Snapchat uh, Mm -hmm. Google chats email text message just any way you can communicate we communicate because we have to yeah and communicate where it like we communicate we communicate where it makes sense, like where we're already talking. We try not to make it harder. And I think this is something where depending on the type of partnership you have, if you are a husband-wife partnership, chances are you're communicating in every way possible as well because your lives are literally integrated together. If you are a partnership where maybe you have not had as much experience or maybe you aren't as close as the partner as you are that we are or a husband and wife team, like that is something where you might just need to have clearly defined communication um, roles until you get to that point where you feel comfortable. So do what works for you. There is no like right or wrong way to communicate. The goal is just to communicate. If you liked this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please leave us a review and you will be entered for a chance to win a box of Duo's favorite things. At the end of every month, we will be doing a drawing and the winner will receive a box of goodies. See you next week.